Today's date is December 30th, 2022. And they don't think I know a buttload of crap about the gospel, but I do. Okay? Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Now Jesus went to the desert 40 nights and 40 days. When he got tired and hungry, to his father he would pray. But the devil came to Jesus, said, if you want to be fed, why don't you turn these big old worthless stones to bread? Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil, he took Jesus to the temple up on top. And he said, if you are the Son of God, jump off of this open rock. For the scripture says that angels will slow your falling down. And they'll gently put your feet back on the ground. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil gave to Jesus to a mountaintop to show all the cities and the nations and the kingdoms here below. And the devil he told Jesus, you can have all that you see if you will just bow down and worship me. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, he said, don't tempt the Lord thy God. Hello and welcome to this is an official Godcast, and this is episode two. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here. My name is Ron Johnston, and I am here with Mary. It is so great to be here again with you, Mary. I am feeling truly blessed. How are you feeling tonight? I'm feeling good. So can you hear me okay, everybody? I can hear you just fine. You sound great. Okay. Mary's got her new mic. A little better from last week. Yeah, a little better from last week, I hope. Got the volume turned way up, loud and clear. All right. So um, we are going to get started shortly, but first, Mary, I'd love to know how your Christmas went. Well, it was a little bit different this year. Um, 
we kind of have a very loud and boisterous family and we like to do a lot of games and you know a ruckus time but um it's everybody was at their in-law so it was just my brother and my sister-in-law and myself and we actually had a really low-key christmas eve and a nice candlelight dinner and we we had some laughs and some good times and um so that's it was a little different for me this year but that's what i really really liked about it so what about you well that sounds nice low-key's nice um man when i was younger we you know, my parents were divorced when I was younger and both of them remarried. So Christmas was really hectic. We went four different directions, you know, having yeah. to see four different families. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of cool when you're a kid, you had a whole lot of presents, you know, but, um, <laughs> you know, from four different families instead of just one, but all the driving and all the roads. And then if you have weather and you're traveling and yeah. praise God, thank God we didn't have to travel much this year because the weather this year was absolutely oh. horrible. I know everybody was like trying to dig out, you know, so. We had um, my work, we were scheduled Friday till noon. Um, and luckily they, they just called work on Friday, which they never call work. It's like back in the day of school, they'd never call school. You know, you'd walk to school in five feet of snow, but they called work this year. We had single digit temperatures and, you know, Stormageddon came. And uh, so it was, it was actually nice to be cooped up and not have to travel and go and do stuff. But yeah, um, I kind of feel bad for others who had to do that too. But yeah. But my Christmas was awesome. I, I really enjoyed it this year. It was low key uh, as well, uh, nice and slow. Yeah, we can all use that sometimes. So um, one thing that happened that was really cool is Christmas morning my um my kids weren't up at five o'clock in the morning as they usually are they they let me get up at my own leisure which was which was not what i was expecting because they're usually dragging me out of bed at you know kids are four or five in the morning they want to drag you out of bed so i got up slowly about seven o'clock and um and the thing that surprised me the most is my my oldest son he he wasn't digging into them presents. And, uh, before we got started, he actually said, dad, I want, I want to pray before we open presents up. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty amazing. Um, That's amazing. and, and he's, and he, you know, he said, dad, will you pray? And, you know, I, I really wanted to know where his heart was. So, so I said, no, I think you should pray. You know, what would you like to pray about? You want you go ahead and pray. And, and, uh, so he prayed, he jumped right into it and, he thanked God for having a day to celebrate the birth of Jesus, which, nice. you know, was just amazing. You know, nice. we're sitting in front of all these presents and this nine-year-old knows the meaning of Christmas. And I was just oh. feeling so blessed. And That's he awesome. thanked Jesus for dying on the cross for our sins. And that was the best present that I could get on Christmas morning. Uh, oh, I I'm going to store that one nine. away in my heart. He's, he's nine. He's nine, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So yeah, I'm going to store that one away in my heart for a long time, as as long as I can remember anything. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Did you have Did you have a favorite part of Christmas? Anything special happen this year? Or? Well, like I said, just having time with my family was pretty awesome. Um, you know, just something different than we usually do, but it still was pretty. You know, I and you'll hear a little bit about my family tonight, um, but. I don't know. I just, my brother is, um, pretty special to me. So 
you know, any time I get to spend with him and his family is pretty awesome for me. So I enjoyed it. So. Awesome. Well, we're going to get to your... Of course, we went to church. That was, I mean, that was amazing, too. So. Wasn't that cool this year? We actually got to go to church on Christmas Day. <laughs> I, know, I know. Could you imagine that? We actually got to go to church on Christmas. And I, you know, I had some, some non-believer friends and family members, you know, they asked me, Are you going to church on Christmas? And I'm like, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like, it's Jesus' <laughs> birthday. Are you kidding me? What better day to go to church, man? You've got to go to church on Sunday. Right. Um, yeah. So just awesome. Um, so before we get started, I wanted to make a couple announcements and um, a big announcement for the next following couple of weeks, we do have some some people that volunteered to come in and do their testimony. So we're very excited. Next week, January 6th, Friday, uh, we're going to have MSM Liars here giving this testimony, telling us how God's been working in his life. And and uh, I think we all know MSM. He was on Kilted Christian last night. Uh, I've seen him on the Nikki Knight show before, so everyone should know him. And then, uh, so that's very exciting. And then January 13th, we're going to have our very own Godcasters, Mike Berkey. He's going to be in the house doing his testimony January 13th. And the week after that, we have Boilerman 09, January 20th, a.k.a. Jason Stillman. And that's exciting. Jason's a B-dad. He went to the Bards Fest is where you met him, right? Yes. Met him at Bards Fest, Mary? I met him at Bards Fest. So he's a really good friend. And um, it's going to be awesome. So hopefully everybody will be able to tune in for that. So. It's fantastic. Longtime family member. So we're very happy about that. So we're going to get into your testimony shortly. But before I do, uh, before we do that, let, let's pray, everybody. Let's bow our heads and pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, uh, we praise you because you're praiseworthy. And we thank you for bringing us together in your name. This Godcast, we know It's not mine or Mike's or Mary's, Lord. We know that this is yours and all the glory belongs to you, Lord. We ask that you bless this Godcast, that you use us to bring many more to you through the blood of Christ Jesus, your son. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have to encourage one another to do your work and to spread your word. God, tonight we ask for the presence of the Holy Spirit here. Uh, to enable Mary with words needed to lead the lost to the cross, words that would glorify and edify you, Lord. And it is our prayer that others will see that there is something different about us, that we have a passion for you that drives us and that would then point them to their need for Christ as their Savior as well. And we ask that you focus our hearts so that we are not distracted by the things of this world. We ask, Lord, that you bring our focus on you and your kingdom. Uh, in your name, in your son's name, Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ron. Oh, thank you, Mary. Um, so glad that you're here tonight. It is, it's always an honor to be here with you. So without further ado, I'll give you the mic. This is all yours. Okay. So, um... I got kind of this ridiculous headset on that's like a gamer headset now. I, I kind of troubleshoot it all week long trying to figure out some kind of solution. So I don't know if, if you can hear me or not. Um, 
I'm going to try to speak loud, but it's just going to have to be what we're, we have to deal with. So um, looks like it sounds better than it did last week. So, okay. So um, first thing, uh, I'd actually like to just personally surrender my time here with you to the Lord, if that's okay, just real quick. Um, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to talk about you tonight. Father, I pray that all I share tonight will bring glory to you. Jesus, thank you for saving us. Your sacrifice has made a way for all of us. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for the work that you have already prepared in advance in our hearts and minds tonight to fulfill the Father's purpose. Let these be your words, Lord. Less of me, more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, first I want to say a little bit <clears throat> about the mission that God has called Ron to here in this podcast and why I'm on board with it and so behind it. Um, a testimony is simply telling others about your experience with God. There's no right or wrong way about it. And it's not only how we overcome, as it says in Revelation 12:11, that we overcome and we are we conquer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. But um, the process of sharing our testimonies can also be a part of what is referred to as the Great Commission. And that's in Matthew 28, where Jesus um, commands us to make disciples by going forth, telling others about God, and pointing them to Jesus. Um it's a command by God as followers of Christ, but it's, it's, it's important to him. It's red-letter language. And what it really comes down to is modeling what Jesus did while he walked the earth with his disciples. He simply shared with people what it's like to have a relationship with the Father God. And his orchestration and all the pieces that have come, to come, have come into play for this to happen, in his perfect timing, when people are ready to hear it, it's amazing. So speaking of that orchestration, I'll just share one little side note of how this process uh, started for me this week. So I have shared <coughs> my testimony of the circumstances and events that led up to me surrendering my life to Christ several times um, prior to tonight in different situations. And some of you may have either been there or heard an audio of it, um, but it's been a while, and there's been more to my story with God since then. So I was thinking this past week, okay, how do I, how do I start this time, Lord? Um, so I've been praying on it, and since Ron asked me several weeks ago, and so we'll skip to Christmas Day last week, which, by the way, is no accident that the timing was Christmas Day, as you'll find out as we go along here. Um, I finally started to watch The Chosen for the first time, right? So, yeah, I know I'm super late to the party, <laughs> but... Oh, I'm so glad you did. I love the show. <laughs> I know, right? So many have recommended it to me over um, the last couple years. But God, in his perfect orchestration, nudged Ron to give me a nudge to watch it, and it was the perfect time, of course. Because lo and behold... A connection was made several actually 
when I was trying to figure out how to start this tonight. So in the first episode, um, I don't know if anybody has seen it or not, probably everybody else has but me, but um, I've replayed this scene several times now because <laughs> it really struck me. Jesus taught the chosen to be fishers of men, right? He said it was like casting out the nets for all kinds of fish, which are like all kinds of people, and that he would be the one to sort them out. And this is exactly what we're doing here. We're casting out our nets, our stories. And it's up to God to sort them out. So no pressure. It's not our job to figure out which story will affect which people in which way. It's the Holy Spirit's job to sort that out. Amen. And so that relieves a lot of the stress in sharing our testimonies, right? So this podcast, Godcast, provides the tools, the boat and the nets. And so that's why I've jumped on board. And yeah, that was a pun. <laughs> and, but you know, I've always loved to fish. So if you allow me today, I will cast <laughs> out my story and we'll see what God does with it. Beautiful, fish on. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous catch, right? So, so let me start by saying that if you knew me before Christ, it's likely that you wouldn't recognize me from the person you know today. I am completely different, opposite in every single way. God did a great work in my life. He brought me literally out of the pit and completely transformed me. Many of you may know that I refer to Psalm 40, 1 through 3, quite a bit. But you know, it just describes perfectly my story with the Lord. It's the cliff notes, basically. And that, um, that says, I, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog. He set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. So, this transformation came out of one of the darkest times in my life that began about 16 years ago through an experience our family had with my eldest son. And some of my family might be here tonight, and you may even see some of them in the live chat. I'm not really watching the live chat too much right now, but if you're here, thank you for being here. It means a lot to me. And so first, the basics. I have two sons, ages 38, and the other who turned just turned 31. And my parents were divorced when I was a baby. Uh, both had marriages before starting out together, and there were kids on all sides of the mixed-up equation, and I'm one of seven. Last one, the caboose, as my dad would say. Both my parents died when I was a teenager, and I was a teenage single mom at 17. I married, I divorced, and then their dad passed away about 17 years ago, shortly before all this happened. I grew up going to church. I, I went to a Christian school until about eighth grade. So I learned about God and the Bible, but I did not have an intentional relationship with Christ until November of 2006. And a little background. I had a very traumatic childhood. 
just to give some perspective, if you've seen the movie, I Can Only Imagine, the true story of the lead singer for Mercy Me, that's very much like what we went through as a family, except that it was my mom who struggled with violence after my parents were divorced. And I'll share some of that tonight, but all the details and events and situations, they could be a testimony in itself for another time. But I do want everyone here to know that I am very open to talking more about it. And so if anybody wants to at any time, just reach out and I will totally welcome the conversation. Um, in a nutshell, it began before I was born. Uh, my dad tried to drown my mom in the bathtub when she was pregnant with me. Uh, my mom threw me away in a snowbank as an infant. Thankfully, one of my brothers found me. He's 13 years older than me and was really kind of like my father figure in the family. And he was very protective of me and still is. I hope he's listening tonight. <laughs> um, but I love you, brother. I know this is hard, but please stay here with me through this, okay? There were a lot of beatings, some broken bones and bruises, and we all walked on eggshells all the time. We never knew what would set her off in a rage. Um, even the vacuum cleaner <laughs> and the baseboards didn't escape her wrath. We probably should have owned stock in every vacuum cleaner company out there. I mean, and you know what's interesting, what you find funny after all the years? I mean, sad but funny kind of thing. Um, but sometimes it was clean the house like that, or maybe she had an arc with somebody, or she was stressed with life. And however it manifested, <coughs> I see now very clearly it was demonic. And a couple examples, I would be enrolled in ballet and tap or gymnastics, and when they didn't work out, there was trouble. And one of the worst memories I have of that kind of thing, which I don't have a lot of memories of my childhood, actually, which is probably a good thing, um, but it does frustrate me at times. I would like to know some things, but um, like my brother says, why would you ever want to know this stuff? But um, When I was about the age of six, I was entered into a Little Miss Beauty contest pageant thing. And... My mother had curled my hair and all these little house Nelly-style curls with ribbon and bows. and I had this beautiful white lace dress. And there's this photo of me in a chair before we left for the pageant. I'm smiling. I look happy. Um, well, long story short, I lost the pageant. So there was trouble. On the way home in the car, my mom asked me about the details of what I said in the little interview. You know, they s put you off stage and sit you down and ask you, you know, all kinds of things. And so I told her that they asked me what, what my favorite hobby was. And I said, well, looking in the mirror. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I'm just a little six-year-old girl, right? Well, Things did not go well in the car after that point. Um, it's actually a miracle we made it home, um, considering my mom probably didn't have both hands on the wheel or even looked where we were going. Um, 
she went into a complete rage, and by the time I got home, every bow and ribbon had been ripped out of my hair, and my Nelly curls were no more. And I was dragged into the house and forced to stay awake all night in that chair and slapped in the face every time I nodded off. So that's a hard memory for me. Um, but like I said, I don't remember a whole lot, just, you know, a few things here and there. For the most part, I do remember the good things. But back in the 70s, um, depression and mental illness was treated so much differently than it is today. My mom did seek help, only to receive uh, about 37 shock treatments, I think, over the course of a few years. Um, there were times where she didn't remember who I was. She was institutionalized a few times, and I was whisked off to live with my aunt and uncle quite a bit. And, but with all that said, I can thankfully say that she did find help, and it was through Jesus. <laughs> a pastor stepped into our life, and it changed everything in our family. My mom found freedom from the demonic forces um, that had plagued her, and she actually caught fire for Jesus. She became a force for Christ. And I was told a lot of this from her former pastor after she had died. I had um, looked him up, and I traveled to go find him to kind of find out my past and her past. And I was also told that my dad also accepted Christ later in his life, too. So I am comforted by this to know that both of my parents were saved before they died. And I do remember being comforted by Jesus throughout all this turmoil, so I know that I had called out to him as a little girl, and music was a huge part of that. I remember after my mom gave her life to Christ, having all sorts of gospel music in the house, and mostly from the Jesus People movement. <laughs> and I'd lay on the floor with my ear to the speaker. We had this big stereo cabinet. And I'd play this one record over and over and over again called Agape Force. And I think it's a band or something. And even to this day, as many of you know, um, God uses music in my life. That's how he speaks to me. And I often will try to encourage others through the music as well. So, you know, that's, that's how I roll. Those of you that know me know that. <laughs> um, but it still was a struggle for me in my preteens. I, I grew up in a constant state of rejection. I felt unwanted, excluded, like I didn't belong anywhere with anybody. And I certainly never felt beautiful, good enough. I never felt safe. And that continued on into my teenage years. I was very rebellious. And then I ended up with a baby. I did straighten up after all this time. I was, uh, I think, a pretty good mom but scared. I even wrote a letter when I was pregnant to my own born baby, right? So it was like, to my baby, I'm so scared. I want the best for you. I'm, I hope I'm making the right decision. I don't know what I'm doing, you know. It's the first time I'm a mom, and it's the first time you're a kid. <laughs> um, you know, the typical 16-year-old. I mean, I don't, what do I know, right, at that age? But before Christ, these were the lies I let the enemy speak into my life. 
four things I narrowed it down to. Um, abandonment. I never felt wanted. I didn't belong. I was left out. We had a blended family, and I felt like the odd one out, like I didn't belong to anybody. And fear. I never felt safe or secure. And hopelessness. I didn't have anybody to turn to. I felt like I was drugged through the mud. No one came to my defense. And not just as a child, but even later on as an adult in different situations. Um, and rebellion, which gave me a false sense of freedom, which is a lie straight from hell from the enemy. <coughs> These lies, uh, they manifested in many different ways in my life, but I see now that they mostly walked out as anger and recklessness. And the recklessness did continue on in my adult life in situations um, where after I was divorced, I became this wild, crazy woman that did a lot of things I'm not proud of. I literally dove headfirst into a pit of destruction. During the time that my kids were with their dad, I did a lot of drinking to the point of throwing up and passing out. I, I mean, I had crazy travels, encounters with all sorts of men. Um, music, you know, I went to every music festival there ever was, and mosh pits and wild parties and, you know, just the whole thing, you name it. But God is a different kind of reckless. <laughs> and he didn't give up on me. He was Amen. there. And he had a purpose in my life all along. So 16 years ago, my oldest son, he had an healthy, unhealthy relationship with a girl that led to a complete separation from our family for seven years. She gave him a choice of either her or his family, and he chose her. And a lot of other things were involved with that, too, but that's the basics. And during these seven years, there was no contact at all with anyone in our family, including his younger brother, aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody. He was very isolated. They moved around a lot. And uh, we didn't know if he was living, you know, where he was living or if he was living. Um, we did hear that he had married this girl, but there were drastic steps taken, um, like security, to keep us all away from the wedding. Um, so here, there was this cop, the church, to keep the whole family out. Such crazy times. <laughs> I can't even believe this is a that, you know, this actually happens sometimes. That sounds like a movie. <laughs> it does. It really does. It's incredible, a isn't movie. it? <laughs> Very bad. Oh, man. Um, so <clears throat> I was a complete mess in the beginning of that. Um, I tried so many things to bring my son back into our family. I spent so much energy trying to defend myself, to gain ground. Um, sides of the battle were lining up, and I felt like I was all alone in it. I felt rejected and hurt. But this is a place I was very familiar with as a little girl, right? So there was even a time early on in this exile that I dug up that old letter that I had wrote when I was 16 and pregnant with my son. 
I never shared it with them, but I thought, okay, now this could save the situation. You know, I was convinced that this was going to be a great time to send it to them. Like, I'll show that I love him. You know, I'll stick it to him with that letter. <laughs> you know, I was not in the right place in my heart. And I never sent it. And I know now that God, uh, it was a God thing that I didn't. My heart was not right at that time. It was more about me, you know, than for him. It was like trying to prove that I was in the right and defending myself. And so I'm thankful I didn't send it. Um, God had a lot of work to do with me yet. So I had uh, so much anxiety, you know. I had cried all the time. I was completely broken. My kids were my everything. My youngest son was also brokenhearted too. He was uh, suffering because of all this, and I pinned all my hopes on so many other things aside from God. But God didn't give up on me. He had a plan. And I ended up in an Alpha course, which, for those of you that don't know, it's an excellent learning opportunity that um, many churches offer for people to get to know Jesus. You know, the Father is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Um, there's some teaching time and some small group discussions each week. And God began working me through Alpha. And that's where I met my Savior for the first time in a real way. And I intentionally surrendered my life to him. And over time, so that was in 2006, over time he completely transformed me. He became my everything. He was my everything. He began to open up uh, lots of doors of ministry and my church family. Um, and he gave me a group of women of support. And we led a ministry called the Sisters Army in Christ. Awesome times with these women. Hopefully some are here tonight listening. I love you girls. They used to call me Mrs. G, like in the Facts of Life. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we walked through a lot together. God just completely changed everything about me. He had forgiven all that I had been, and he made me new. And I dug into the word, and I started praying. And I didn't keep what I had been struggling with from childhood or the loss of my son's secret. Um, I opened up, and I brought people into that, and I leaned on them to pray with me. And they gave me so much support to keep going and to never give up hope. I found freedom from abandonment, fear, hopelessness, and rebellion. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yes. God, uh, he taught me about being persistent in prayer and walking in the spirit and about how to defend against the enemy with Jesus' help and a real spiritual battle we have going on around us. And he showed me that he is my defender. There was so much growth during this time. What I thought in the beginning of this whole thing was this wilderness of a lost relationship. And it turned out to be a flourishing valley. And my experience in those seven years changed me forever. One of my main verses I kept going back to was Galatians 6, 9, which speaks about walking with Jesus through suffering and you reap a reward if you don't give up. 
And things like this inspired me to just live as if God was doing something, even if I couldn't see it, to just have faith, right? I even started buying Christmas gifts for my son every year. I had one for every single year he was gone. <laughs> um, God did give glimpses of what he was doing at times. He spoke a lot through prophetic dreams that I had, and others in my women's group did too. And there was one in particular <coughs> that I can remember every single detail to this day. It was about a reunion with my son, and it was a gift from God. And it was like he was saying, just keep going. You know, don't give up. I see you. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, I did end up reconciling with my son a few weeks before Christmas after all that time. I had heard that this marriage he, he had ended in a divorce pretty early on. And, uh, but he persisted in staying away from us. And until the day I got this email, um, came over the first shot in this final battle, came in the form of this email to meet him at a gallery in Minneapolis. Um, my son, he's an artist, and he had created a lot of pieces during these years portraying the battle from his point of view, and he was ready to show me. Hmm. It was not a nice email. <sighs> it was, I'm ready to strike. Come and get it. Right? But it was all in God's perfect time because if I had received this email even two years earlier, I would have, I would not have been ready. I would have been like, I would have fired off a reply. How dare you? You know, don't talk to me that way or whatever. And, but God held back until I was ready to receive it in a place of grace and trust, right? So <clears throat> my son on his end, he was preparing to basically strike a blow with all these art pieces and was ready to say, come and get it. But on my end, I was preparing on a different way. Uh, I had two prayer partners that offered to go in advance of my arrival, unbeknownst to him. And they prayer walked to the gallery. And it turned out it was a very small gallery. We weren't really prepared for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Story in itself, but um, it was just him and them too. <laughs> but they didn't let on who they were. They just, you know, had a conversation with them and prayed and, you know, throughout the, the place a few hours before I got there. And, uh, I believe that this really paved the way and opened the space up for the Holy Spirit to accomplish his work that day. And I remember uh, the drive to the gallery that day. I was so confident in what God was doing. I knew he had it. I wasn't worried one bit, anything. I mean, you have to imagine how many scenarios I had throughout these years of conversations and how many different times I would think of what I would say and, you know, whatever. But there were no scenarios of what I would say or what he would say running through my head. I mean, I just had worship music on all the way down I-94. I mean, I went with complete trust that God was with me. All I needed was him, right? And in fact, before I left, I wanted to bring that letter I wrote to my baby as a teenager, right? The one I wanted to send in the anger several years before. I thought, oh, 
now is a good time. You know, I'm in a much better spot. Um, so I looked for I looked for it all over and before I was getting ready to leave and I couldn't find it anywhere. And finally I just said, Okay, Lord, just my hands up, I said, Lord, I gotta go. Help me trust you in this too. And I'm just gonna trust that it's gonna be where it needs to be. And you know, it was all about trust that day in every single little detail. God is all, all about the details. And so many th- awesome things happened that day. Um, things that in those dreams I got to see happen right before my eyes and spiritual healing and forgiveness from both of us. It, it was just an amazing thing God did that day. And if anybody wants to know more about the miracles that day, there's a lot of them. Um, please reach out to me. I love, 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 love sharing that part of this whole story. Um, But I do want to start wrapping this part of it up here with um, something that happened that first Christmas. We were back together. (coughs) He had come over for dinner, and we had this fabulous time with family around the table for hours. Um, We had talked about not giving each other gifts that year because it was so close to our reconciliation, you know. But um, just as we were finishing up dinner, my younger son said, well, you know, that's not all, brother. Look over at the tree. You have seven gifts under that tree. And mom has bought you a gift every year and wrapped it up in hopes that you would come home. And now you have seven to open. So he walked over to the tree. <laughs> so he walked over to the tree, right? And uh, I came up behind him, and so he had his back towards me, and he didn't say a word. And for the longest time, he stood there, and then he turned around. And there was just these tears streaming down his face. And all he said was, was, oh, mom, oh, mom. (laughs) (laughs) It was this moment where I think he realized how much he was loved despite all the turmoil during those years. Yeah. Um, Everybody was so emotional. I mean, I, I don't know, sometimes I I wonder if I'll ever get through this story without <laughs> crying about this part. But um, then when he started to open the gifts, he, he started with that first one, which was a book. I don't know if you all know the book, I Love You Forever. Uh, we used to read it when he was little, and I had felt that first year I wanted to send him something sentimental that first year. Um, So he goes and he opens that gift up, and guess what falls right out of that book? That letter. Oh, you're kidding me. (laughs) That letter fell right out of that book. (laughs) You've got to be kidding me. No, it was was amazing. And right where God had said it needed to be. All that time, he said, not now, not now, <laughs> not yet, not yet. I've got the perfect, perfect place, the perfect time for this, Mary. Just be patient. Isn't that just something? It's, it was awesome. 
Um, that's just one miracle. I mean, there's many more. And like I said, I love talking about it. So um, if anybody ever wanted to talk to me. Um, it was a moment of God showing his pure grace and mercy to him. And I think when he read that, he realized that we're all broken. Um, nobody's perfect. Um, Amen. This reconciliation um, happened almost 10 years ago. And our relationship went along really good for the most of those years, getting to know each other again and working through all these things. And uh, we were both such different people than we had been before it began. And in fact, there was a time we talked about that day at the gallery. And he had said, I have my sword. He says, uh, you know, the day that I had come into the gallery, he says, he goes, I, I was ready to fight, he said. He said, I had my sword at the ready. And then as we talked, it became apparent that you had dropped your sword. And here I was. <laughs> I didn't have anybody to fight. And I think that was probably one of the most impactful things we had talked about after it. And um, I'll give a little shout out to Scott from Bards FM because when he talks about the P Peter and the sword and the Gethsemane, yeah. I think of this conversation every time with my son and the power of forgiveness and letting things go and letting God work it out his way, right? Yes. And uh, as it turned out, I still need to keep my sword at bay for this battle our family is facing right now. Uh, actually, a multifaceted battle with two fronts. Um, first front is the things progressed in a positive direction uh, for a time with my son and that his brother and him, they got to know each other again and our family was back on track and uh, my older son, the one that had been away, had remarried uh, a wonderful woman and I had my first grandchild on the way in early 2020. But then the world blew up over COVID and uh, fear gripped my kids. They lost their minds and it basically took out our family. Um, I have not been allowed to see or have a relationship with them because I view it differently and I refuse to comply with taking the jab. Yeah. So they have not spoken to me since May of 2021. And I have never been able to see my grandchild in person except for one occasion when he was an infant outside in a park with a breeze, 10 miles an hour at least between us with him on a blanket. And uh, these are the stipulations. There's no joke here. And so that's, you know, one front. The other front, um, <coughs> if that wasn't enough, my youngest son is now convinced that he's a girl. So there's that. He knows I love him, regardless of what he thinks of himself or what he does to himself in this lifestyle. Um, but I also told him I don't have to be okay with it and I can't abide by the lie 
but that translates as rejection to him. And so he has jumped on the cancel our relationship wagon because I don't support his lifestyle. So much division in these days with our families. I mean, I know I'm not alone in this. I know that I'm not. Jesus said this would be the signs of our times, right? Yes. And I, I won't, I'm not going to get into much of that tonight. I mean, it's obviously a lot to deal with. But really, it's his testimony in the making. And I believe there will be a testimony at some point. The after to this before. And it's not for me to tell it. And I pray someday he can tell the story. And it concludes with redemption and freedom. I know God's working in it somehow. I mean, I, be, I have experienced his faithfulness, and I trust him. So... Two things I ponder on. One, looking back, every trial has prepared me for the next battle. And two, know the battle. Reflecting on where we were 16 years ago, it would be easy to say that I'm right back in the old battlefield again, where I was, where I was with my family. But I don't let the enemy lie to me in that because we are not back there. We are here now, and I have a whole new set of eyes and a brand new heart. Know the battle you are in. Amen. But don't get me wrong. I have uh, I've questioned how this estrangement could possibly have happened again after all we went through <laughs> before. And I've concluded that it comes down to the spiritual inventory, once again, as Scott from Bards FM talks about, taking inventory of whether something is uh, completely rooted out and healed and deal with it. You know, don't let it fester and rot under the surface. I think now on it and I realize that we possibly didn't go deep enough to forgive and heal before the next bomb went off. <laughs> and the pull of the culture, I think that also played a role in providing a pathway for the familiar uh, which in this case was to cancel out whatever you can't deal with or agree with. Um, so much time and energy spent on this dance we do. But I don't dwell on it. I know it's not my burden to carry. God is painting on a huge canvas where we can't see all the corners yet. And I don't give my peace over to the enemy. He can't have it. I live a life abundantly as Jesus provides, and I choose joy most days. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my weapon. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God, right? That's right. Amen. And one of the scriptures I have tacked up on my wall at work, so I see it every day, is from Jeremiah. It's Jeremiah 31, 16 to 17. Thus, Lord, keep your eyes from weeping and your ears, your eyes, keep your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For there is reward for your work, declares the Lord, and they shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope for your future, declares the Lord, and your children shall come back to their own country. 
So I'm in a much different place in my heart, mind, and soul with the Lord than I was 16 years ago. And he's prepared me with every single trial in my entire life to stand strong in faith in the midst of all of this. So I stand strong and resolute. Yes. And we're, we're built for this time in history. Every single layer of our lives is intentional as believers. And we know how strong that foundation is under those layers, right? Absolutely. So I press on because I know who God is and I know what he can do. Amen. And I'm going to keep praying because God doesn't give up and neither do I. <laughs> That's right. We'll never give up as we know God doesn't. Oh, well, fantastic. Fantastic. Fantastic testimony, Mary. And a, not a dry eye in the house. I'm telling you. Oh, I want you to know, Mary, that you are so loved here by everyone that's here. Um, I know you haven't been able to look at chat, but there is so much love for you here, Mary. We all love you so much. Um, thank you for sharing. It was beautiful. Thank you. That was the, the long extended director's cut. That was the director's cut right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mary sent me her testimony about uh, a month and a half. How long ago was it? A couple of months ago, a month ago? Yeah. Something like and, uh, that. you know, this was a testimony she had recorded from uh, her, her place of worship, the ranch, and they gave her 15 minutes. And of course, you know, Mary, she's couldn't do anything in 15 minutes because you went a little bit longer, did 20, but she warned me, you're getting the director's cut. This is the long version. And oh my goodness, Mary, so, so, so heart-wrenching at times. And, um, and, and it's, and it's amazing because you see God's faithfulness in, in your whole testimony. Um, it's so amazing that you're even here. Uh, for one, God has had his hand watching over you your whole life. And I know that he'll continue to do so. And I know there's so many more things that need to be worked out, but we all say it a million times. God has a plan. You know, we don't know what it is. We don't know the timetable, but God has a plan and, and it'll all be revealed one day. We just have to be patient and faithful and steadfast, yeah. just like the Lord is to us. Yeah. Oh, amen. Amen. I was really excited to share it tonight. Thank you for everyone for listening. I know it kind of went a little bit long, but, you know, everybody's got to have a director's cut, right? Oh, it's worth every second of it. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, that was Mary, a.k.a. Flightworth Mary. Uh, I'm so glad you were all here to listen to that. Uh, please remember, next week we're going to have... MSM Liars, and January 13th, we're going to have Godcast's very own Michael T. Berkey will be in the house. And then January 20th, we're going to have Boilerman09, a.k.a. Jason Stillman. And uh, we're very excited for all that stuff. Um, before we go, we want to do Salvation. Uh, and that's another one of the big reasons why we're here. Uh, these testimonies, they truly move mountains. They are the light and the dark, and they, they pull and uh, push hearts towards jesus and uh now is a great time so um i'm going to open up the call-ins right now so if anybody does want to call in uh call-ins are open uh if you're listening to the podcast if you're listening to this podcast please 
give us a call in. Uh, if anyone's here in need of receiving Christ in their heart and becoming saved and becoming born again, hit that call button right now and we can do that. Uh, and we'll wait just a few while you do that, but please call in. Uh, we have a verse that you can repeat and become saved today. Uh, and what we'll do is uh, we'll be reading Romans uh, 10, 9. Okay, we've got uh, Bren called. Beautiful. Uh, Bren's called in. Can you hear me, Bren? She may have called in with her nose. Oh, okay. <laughs> there she is. Oh, that's one note. Okay. One note. Hello. How can you hear us? Yes. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, we can hear you. How are you doing tonight? I'm not sure if I'm leveled out because Mary's on different kind of headsets than I might be. So sorry if I'm loud. Oh, no, That's all right. Good. Yeah, this is fantastic. What a beautiful um, opportunity to, to join. And I love the focus of um, the opportunity to share a testimony, everybody's experience, strength, and hope. There's just such a gift in learning um, from each other. And I heard Mary's testimony before. But say I was a little distracted and didn't catch it as well as tonight. And um, I just feel it just deepens our love for Jesus and this community by having the opportunity to relate to each other and to learn from each other. And this is another, another avenue that we haven't had in our um, chat, live chat. So I appreciate the concept and bringing it forward. God bless you guys. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, one note, are you calling in for salvation? Are you saved? Yes, thank you so much. I realized after I pushed it, I got so anxious to just jump in. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. So, uh, thank I you so much it, for calling in. It's so encouraging. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for thank calling. You. Okay, um, Bren, let's see if we can get Bren on. Oh, yeah, she she might have done that accidentally. She's okay. That in the chat, so. Well, that's okay. Okay, so um, we're going to read uh, Romans 10.9. So if you weren't able to call in or if you're listening to the recording of the Godcast, that's okay. You can still say this. Uh, we said it before, you, you know, I can't save you. Mary can't save you. It's Jesus who's going to save you. So if you're listening to this on a recording, just simply uh, confess with your mouth. And we're going to go ahead and read Romans 10, 9 through 10. And that says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So very simply, just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Confess with your mouth that you believe he died for your sins on the cross and that God raised him from the dead. And if you truly believe that in your heart, 
then you're saved. It's that easy. Um, I also have Romans 10, 9. If you will go to Telegram, we have a Telegram page. It's called This is an Official Godcast, Testimony and Salvation. Romans 10, 9 is on there. So if you miss it tonight or if you need it in print form, you can do so there. Check that out there. And we also have the Prayer of Surrender there on the Telegram page as well. Okay, so we're you're welcome. So we're going to go ahead and close out in prayer after prayer. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of music so you can c- continue on through chat. And so if you will all please bow your heads and we'll pray to close out. Father, thank you for our Godcast. Thank you for your word. Uh, may you get the praise and the glory. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we had tonight for Mary to share her testimony, to share what beautiful things you've done in her life. And we pray, Father, that those who are able to listen and also for those who will listen in the future, we pray that those people are touched by your word and that your word would change them and make them who you want them to be. Uh, Prayer requests, we we want to ask that you be with and heal Jazzy J, who is not recovering well from GI surgery. Lord, uh, we also ask that you lay your hands on Maggie Q and heal his heart. Uh, Lord, we ask that you lift them up, that you answer their needs and the needs of anyone in chat. If there's any unspoken prayer requests, I, I know we all have prayers, Lord. Uh, please, we ask that your mercy be upon us all. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being part of a family, that we aren't just a group of people in a podcast, but we are people who love you, God, and that have been drawn in by your spirit. We've professed our faith in your son, our savior, and that has caused us to love one another in a way that otherwise would not be explainable. And we thank you, Lord, for everyone that is here tonight. Bless us, Lord. And Lord, we ask that you guide us this week to make good decisions that will glorify you and bring people closer to you and your son. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Uh, again, please uh, come see us next week, Friday, a week from today. We'll be here with MSM Liars doing his testimony. And uh, until then, we love you and we hope to see you soon. Thank you so much. If I told you my story, you would hear hope, they wouldn't let go. And if I told you my story, you would hear love, but never gave up. And if I told you my story, wasn't mine if I should speak
And hey, I just wanted to remind anyone, don't go far. We've got also great shows coming up tonight. Bars at 9 p.m. Kilted Christian, don't miss that. It's my favorite show, Kilted Christian at 1030. And also Bards again at midnight for Fishers. Uh, God bless you guys. We'll see you there tonight. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. 
When they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them never better. Line number two, everybody's life is perfect except yours. So keep your messes and your wounds and your secrets safe with you behind closed doors. But truth be told, the truth is rarely told. I say I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, oh, I'm fine, hey, I'm fine, but I'm not. I'm broken, and when it's out of control, I say it's under control, but it's not. And you know it, I don't know why it's so hard to admit it, when being honest is the only way to fix it. There's no failure, no fall, there's no sin you don't already know, so let the truth there's a sign on the door that says come as you are but i doubt it because if we live like that was true every sunday morning pew would be crowded but didn't you say church should look more like a hospital safe place for the sick the sinner and the scarred and the prodigals like me well truth be told the truth is rarely told oh am i the only one who says i'm fine yeah i'm fine oh i'm fine hey i'm fine but i'm not i'm broken and when it's out of control i say it's under control but it's not and you know it i don't know why it's so hard to admit it when being honest is the only way to fix it there's no failure no fall there's no sin you don't already know so let the truth be told can i really stand here unashamed
truth be told, the truth is rarely told. I say I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, oh, I'm fine, hey, I'm fine, but I'm not. I'm broken, and when it's out of control, I say it's under control, but it's not. And you know it, I don't know why it's so hard to admit it, when being honest is the only way to fix it. There's no failure, no fall, there's no sin you don't already know, so let the truth be told There's a sign on the door that says come as you are but I doubt it Cause if we live like that was true every Sunday morning pew would be crowded But didn't you say church should look more like a hospital a safe place for the sick, the sinner and the scarred and the prodigals like me. Well, truth be told, the truth is rarely told. Oh, am I the only one who says I'm fine? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. Hey, I'm fine, but I'm not. I'm broken, and when it's out of control, I say it's control but it's not and you know it i don't know why it's so hard to admit it when being honest is the only way to fix it there's no failure no fall there's no sin you don't already know so let the truth be told can i really stand here unashamed
young you called my name I tried to run but still you came and you stepped into the dark cause that's just the kind of God you are when heaven seems beyond my reach you still see eternity in me you're turning ashes into art cause that's just the kind of god you are it's in the empty tomb it's on the rugged cross your death defying love is written in your scars you'll never quit on me the kind of God you are you gave me freedom from my sin you told me I could start again all I heard is dead and gone now we're your daughters and your sons amazing grace how sweet the sound Oh my 
young, you called my name. I tried to run, but still you came. And you stepped into the dark, cause that's just the kind of God you are. All right, that's our show. That's a wrap. Thank you guys for all being here. We appreciate you so much. Uh, may God bless you throughout the week. We love you. Yes. Good night. God bless.